Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Doberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. And I want to begin this edition of the podcast by quoting from a favorite book of mine, a book that I've referred to on uh, several occasions in the course of this podcast, a book entitled Very Near to You, Human Readings of the Torah by Avraham Berg. It's a wonderful book which has some essays on each of the weekly Torah portions. And I want to share with you something that Avram Berg writes about this portion that we read this coming week, Parshat Yitro, which contains Aserat Hadibrot, the Ten Commandments, as we say in English. In Hebrew, we say the Ten Statements, Dibrot, or, uh, because, or the Ten Proclamations, something like that, so as not to denigrate the other 603 commandments that are in the Torah. So we don't refer to this as Aserat HaMitzvot, but we say Aserat HaDibrot, the Ten Statements, and that reflects something in Jewish tradition that's of crucial importance, which I'll be speaking about later. So here's what Avraham Berg has to say in part. Quote, The last eight of the commandments form the basic platform of any decent human society. Imagine a world that has agreed without argument not to murder, steal, or covet. A world that honors the individual in his or her work and therefore preserves a day of absolute rest, a sacred Sabbath, a day dedicated to soothing the body and pursuing the significance of the soul and the spirit. Imagine a world and a society in which the family and all its permutations is the foundation of the human community. These commandments, Burke concludes, quote, are the constitution of the better world for which we strive. I love it. It's beautiful. And he's right. It, these commandments do form a constitution for the world. But sadly, I think his quotation is incomplete. And let me share with you why. One of my favorite things to do, in fact, in the synagogue, in fact, the ritual act which brings me more meaning than any other, with the possible exception of the Pesach Seder, is reading from the Torah. After more than 50 years of reading from the Torah, I still find it to be the most spiritually uplifting moment in, in, in Jewish ritual. So I was honored a couple of hours ago when I received an email asking me if I would read the Ten Commandments this Shabbat. I had planned to talk about reading the Ten Commandments and how they're read in the synagogue in this podcast. That's what I was going to do in any event. So now I have an extra reason to do it because I'm going to be reading, God willing, the Ten Commandments, Aserat uh, Dibrot this week at, here in Beth Israel in Ann Arbor. So when I was asked to read them, I opened up my tikkun. The tikkun is the book that people who are reading from the Torah use to prepare the reading because on one column on each page, you have the, Torah, the, the text of the Torah with the vowels, which are not present in the Torah, and with the trump marks, with the chanting marks that we use to determine how to chant the particular phrases from the Torah. On the other side of the column in the tikkun, the text as it appears in the Torah, without the vowels and without the notes, so that's, that's how you practice. So I open up my tikkun to Parshat Yitro, and I start to prepare. Chapter 20, verse 2 from the book of Exodus. 
allow me to read chanting the way it appears in the tikkun here in Parshat Yitro, how we read the first of the Ten Commandments. Anochi Adonai Elohecha Asher Hotzeiticha Me'eretz Mitzrayim Ibeit Avadim Lo Yelecha Elohim Acherim Al Panai Lo Taselecha Fesel V'chol Temuna Asher B'Shamayim Ima'al V'asher B'Aretz Mitachat V'asher B'Mayim Mitachat L'Aretz Lo Tishtacha V'Lahem V'Lo Ta'Avdeim that's the way it appears. However, that's not the way it's read in the synagogue. Because elsewhere in the tikkun, there's another section which says this is the way you read Aserita Dibrot in the synagogue using what are known as the upper notes. Listen to the way it, it, it's read and I think even if you're not familiar with Torah reading you'll hear the difference. Anochi Adonai Elohecha Shehotzeiticha Me'eretz Mitzrayim Mibet Avadim Lo Yelecha Elohim Acherim Al Panai Lo Taselecha Fesel V'chol Tumunah Asher B'Shamayim Mimal V'yasher B'Aretz Mitachat I hope that you were able to tell the difference between the two, to distinguish between the two. The second, which is the way we read it from the synagogue, in the synagogue, from the Bema, from the Torah scroll, are using, as I said, what are called the upper notes. The notes, the, the, the trump markings, so to speak, that tell us what to chant, were originally used only as punctuation to group words in particular ways. And if that's all we need them for, then that first section, the first selection that I read, the first version, are completely is completely appropriate. But once you think about chanting, you ask yourself, what's special about these words? We know that these words are in many ways the most critical words in the entire Torah because they represent the revelation of God at Sinai, whatever that means to each of us as individuals. And therefore, they deserve something more than just normal chanting. So, in essence, to use an expression, we bring out the big guns, so to speak. There are several notes in the Torah, in the chanting of the Torah, which are rather simple. And I'm going to demonstrate them by singing the names of the notes, which is how we designate them. Mapach pashtaz akev katan. Merchati pramunachet nachta, 
the majority of the notes in that first reading are those, the simple notes. And then there are the ones that are more elaborate. Those dominate the second reading. Those dominate the way that we read the Ten Commandments in the synagogue from the Bema. It might have been sufficient grammatically to read the simpler notes. But when it comes to chanting, when we're standing on the beam or reading the Ten Commandments, we want something that's not just sufficient, not just grammatical, but something with grandeur, something that captures our hearts and our souls as it's being read. And that's why there are these separate readings. By the way, there's another difference between the two readings. The original uh, breaks many of the longer commandments into separate verses and lumps all of the shorter ones into one verse. So, for example, at the very end, from starting from the sixth of the Ten Commandments, the original text would be, Lo tirzach, lo tinaf, lo tignov, lo taneberecha et shaker. In the second reading, each of those short commandments are a verse of their own. Lo tirzach, lo tinaf, lo tignov, emphasizing the fact that each of them individually is important. So that's what happens when we read from the Torah. When we read from the Torah, we read this grand and, and elaborate reading in order to emphasize its importance. So, go back now to what Avram Berg said. I love what he said about it being a, uh, a, a, a constitution, a human constitution, but notice that he starts with the third commandment. He leaves out the first two. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. You should have no other gods before me. And then he leaves those out. But that's the context in which we read the Ten Commandments. These are not just statements of a constitution. They're not just statements of, of, uh, of um, law. They're statements that reflect our faith, that these commandments, that these laws, represent something even greater than human beings, that their origin is someplace in the, in the realm of the spirit, in the realm of the divine, however we understand that. So while he's right, and while the original reading of the Ten Commandments that I chanted originally from the, from the Tikkun is sufficient in many ways, it's not enough in other ways. Because we need to be able to elevate this from being a just human constitution to being something which links us with something even greater than ourselves. And I believe that reading with the upper notes is intended to do just that. Until next time, thank you.